2: A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this, Adidas. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. New shows every day. Find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.
0: Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, aka Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon. And this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Habs Nightly. Uh, I hope the audio doesn't sound bad. I am fucking lounging in my computer chair right now like an absolute slob, but my back doesn't hurt, so I'm just, it's my life, do what I want, but uh, if you guys tuned in to the live stream yesterday, you got to see me, uh, shaved head and all, hang out. But uh, some awesome news. You know, obviously, we all know the boys have got the first overall pick.
2: He's fucking coming.
0: <laughs> Shane Wright could be on the way, or it could be, uh, what's his name, Luke Hughes. No, he was just drafted the other Hughes. Um, LOL. Calm down. Uh, but, yeah, but before we get into a deep dive on that today. Oh, my God. you What is blue going on, on
2: here, Corey? Mason Dixon. Oh, I don't even care about what's going on in my life. Stop teasing me. Let's get right to it. Shane right to it, is going to be a fucking Montreal Canadian. I don't care what anyone says. If the Habs don't draft this guy first overall, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gorton were the wrong guys for the job, okay? He has been going first overall since he was 15 years old. I understand people... You know, people I find in the Habs fan base like to be negative. They like to be critical. They say, oh, he's not a generational player. He was considered a generational player. That's why he got OHL exceptional player status. And I've also seen people say, oh, he's not going to be Patrice Bergeron, blah, blah, blah. Patrice Bergeron was drafted in the second round, okay? You don't know how a player is going to develop or what they will fully become until they make the NHL, until their career plays out. That's part of it. But I can tell you one thing. It's what Skills have been telling us for three fucking years. Shane Wright will go first overall in this draft, and he's going to be a have.
0: So I was a bit critical. I was a bit uh, paper baggish, metal tin wearing uh yesterday i don't i didn't believe in it i didn't think it was fucking possible i thought there was too many things lining up for this to happen uh i believe they said it on the broadcast yesterday it has been 46 years uh since the last first overall pick for the montreal canadians
2: and you thought there was a five foot eight uh, nhl commissioner standing in the way <laughs> well we'll get into his reaction
0: on it where it was <laughs> Sorry if I got too close to the mic, where uh it, it was it was basically like a set like the set of the office. Like it felt there was like a real Michael Scott moment when he was like, Is it it's Montreal? You know, like he's standing there with his papers, he keeps fidgeting his papers and shit. But uh uh fuck. What what, what were we talking about before you brought up Gary Bett? Jesus Christ.
2: Um about Shane Wright and his potential. And you were saying uh ah, you didn't believe the Habs are gonna win.
0: Oh yeah, the I really didn't think it was coming. I really didn't at all. Um, I thought there was too much that was, like, making it seem like it was going to be destiny. And I was like, nah, there's no fucking way. There's no way. I've been talking up Arizona getting this for too long. I got to ride it. I got to ride the lightning. And uh, here we are. Uh, It's fantastic to be a Habs fan right now, uh, thinking that Shane Wright is most likely gonna be the pick. I don't think
2: there's you will absolutely be the pick. I GM's am, I am like they're nervous. not gonna go out and they're not gonna go out and say they're drafting Shane Wright. That's just not what they do. He's not Connor McDavid, so they're not gonna and who is right, but in in most drafts other than like 2017, we've known who was going first. Mm -hmm. and this is no different this is an exceptional player who got exceptional player status in the chl one of seven people to do it and all but one of them have gone first overall and if you're wondering who the one is it's sean day who went in the third round unfortunate but and if you look at the eighth player to ever be named exceptional players in as an exceptional player, Connor Bedard, I think he's probably going first. Like I just don't see any scenario in which Shane Wright is not drafted first overall by the Montreal Canadiens, unless, you know, the Habs trade the first overall pick. And then he's selected first overall by whoever they trade. Like he will go first overall.
0: Right. Um, so I remember where I was going. So it's been forty. I think it's forty-two years since the Canadians have drafted the first overall player. Do you know who that is? We brought up said guy, maybe four episodes back. Uh, daughter first yep.
2: overall in nineteen eighty. <laughs> Daughter's like the greatest national treasure for Canada. Absolutely, one of the greatest Canadian athletes of all time.
0: Um. Yeah, brought that up on the pot. Uh, I brought that up on the on the. Uh, broadcast the other day I was like oh I just learned about it. <laughs> <laughs> I just really learned about that person um I'm sorry fans I I didn't really get a lot of uh I don't want to say 80s Montreal shit but I was only really showing like you know very important games and highlights from back then <laughs> so that name
2: is not very household I mean down here. in Doug Doug Wickenheiser went on to have a lengthy hockey career, but mm-hmm. he, he did not live up to the first, the first draft, like first overall selection. Right. So it's not, I, I wouldn't say it, it's, you know, horrible for you to, you know, <laughs> not, not know who he is. Um, you know, that draft famously, actually Montreal, uh, Skipped on a French Canadian who went third overall to Chicago. Do you know who that is? Had fans up in arms for years in the 80s. Oh, yeah, in
0: 1980.
2: And he played, in what you really he played for the Montreal juniors in the QMJHL. No, I'm blanking. I'm sorry, Dennis
0: Savard. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Oh, fuck. I feel stupid. (laughs) When you said Chicago, I was like, my mind just went blank. Like, couldn't think anybody.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so, (laughs) which I think has spawned a lot of, you know, draft Mm -hmm. the Quebec player, this, this, and that. And that was one case in which they probably should have. But moving back to Shane Wright, um, look, this is huge for the franchise. And let's not forget... If it weren't okay, if it weren't for Mark Bergevin, we'd have three first-round selections this year. But we have two, and Calgary looks like they could choke. So, as much as I, you know, the other day we're talking about, I'm actually going to backtrack. I can't root for Calgary because even though I fucking hate Dallas Stars hockey, the worse they do, the better we we draft. Mm -hmm. And Montreal is going to, you know, they're going to have a decent selection later on, like 25th. And something I hadn't thought of previously was that a point kind of I saw on Twitter, Montreal has the benefit of having the longest time to look over players, too. Not only with the first overall selection, even though, like I said, that's kind of a no, a no brainer, Mm -hmm. but the second round, the Montreal Canadiens draft 33rd overall and they have a whole day. First round ends. That's one day. That's draft day gone. They have the whole evening to think and look over who they're going to draft. And if you don't think that's an advantage, you're just simply wrong. Like that's a huge advantage. I hadn't considered. So I I think Corey, you may disagree with me. I think this might be one of the biggest years in like most impactful seasons in HABS hockey I've watched. And it's crazy to say that after we just made the Stanley Cup final. But (laughs) but no, as far as as like what is shaping
0: the future,
2: I get where you're going. No, absolutely. Like, look at where this franchise is headed now. And look at the guys that Shane Wright could possibly play with next season. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, I don't know. I've never I've never had this much hope in the future of the Montreal Canadiens. It seems like I say that quite often, but that's just because the future keeps getting brighter.
0: No, uh, I completely agree. Um, right now, I'm on Tankathon. Now, obviously, it's going to depend on where Calgary falls, but at this moment, um, the Canadians are looking at, like, the 29th pick. So you'd have the 29th and then
2: three picks later, the final yeah, so day. Because the draft lottery changed, I'm not entirely sure how it works. I know there's some weird rule. Calgary won their division, so that kind of places their pick. But they can do – they can – like, if they do bad, they can make the pick better. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. Um, no, that's absolutely question, true. Because if
0: you look, if you look in front of them, I'm sorry, uh, the two teams in front of them are Toronto and the Wild. Now let's say both teams move move on to the second round and Calgary gets stunned, then they're definitely gonna be 20 28th or 27th. Like I don't I don't see it moving tremendously, but I think there could be a bit of movement for
2: that said pick. Like as in like, like it it would be up. It okay, moving, yeah,
0: moving up like to where we, <laughs> you know, uh, like instead of it being so low. I mean, it's not going to move up tremendously, but it could move up to it uh, like at least two, uh,
2: picks before where we were slotted at right now, if they were to exit. No, for sure. I even think that Montreal, like when you said movement, the reason I paused, they could package it to move up or down the draft. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot Kent Hughes could do here. Um, I just like Montreal having draft capital, not only this season, but next season as well, I think is a huge benefit for the team. And like, I think what teams need, what not teams, what fans need to understand after this, and I, I want to get your take on this. I think fans are really, well, you know, we got the first overall selection there's reason to be excited. I think fans are hopeful though, because they saw the way Marty played, got the team to play. And, you know, they saw the way Caulfield picked it up that they're hopeful that this team is, you know, things are going to start getting better next year. I'm kind of of the opinion that things are going to be. No, I don't think things are going to be worse next year. I don't think it's possible. I think it's going to be a lot of the same. And I think honestly, that's what's best for the team. That's right. I wonder. I wonder what you think. You think the team's gonna be like? Will they be better? I I think so. I don't think they'll finish dead last next season, but I think they'll be a bottom five, bottom bottom eight team. Um, I said it on on the stream
0: yesterday. Um, in reference to this, Richie asked a similar question, and uh, I think this team. Now, granted, you know. We did go to the Stanley cup finals last year. It was a tremendous year, but it was definitely, I don't
2: think that was this team,
0: right? No, no, no. no. That's what I was going to say. This, that was an end of an era. That was the final push with the group. And now we're, we're nowhere near the finals right now, but I think that this team or or what, what is being put in place right now is going to give us a better overall hockey, um, especially enjoyment factor for fans um i don't see this i i see this team being a team that's going to try to chase in in the best scenario a, a 500 season just uh you know a very fucking average middle of the pack season but i i think that's their ceiling i don't see them uh you know getting in like past like I don't know what 16 like I, I think six like 16th in the league would be the, the cap as high as we can go. And we would have to have a tremendous season next year. I think there's still a lot of things that need to be worked on. I still think it's a, a still a bit of a shell of the team of the idea and the outline that Hughes and Gordon have for this for this new group. But I don't see us being like fantastic. I see us making strides in the right direction. I see us having a more fun game to watch, but I don't see us being super successful. I see, I think we'll, we'll see a lot of okay. That was a that was a loss, but just like at the end, towards the end of the season, okay, that was a loss, but that was some great hockey play. They really tried hard. They there's there's new uh, they're trying new systems or or or. Uh, Saint Louis is is allowing the guys to play and react on their own, not just shelter them into this is how you got to play, kind of like Dush- uh, Ducharme did. I think we'll we'll see a lot of okay, despite the loss, great effort, great chances, great looks. There's a lot of development, but I don't see us being anything past a like a 500 a break even overall season is what I'm putting as the cap for this team next year.
2: I don't even see this team doing that next year, to be honest with you. I see this team being very similar to what New Jersey did. Um, I doubt we'll have their luck in the draft lottery because they're drafting second. It's just ridiculous. New Jersey's luck. Always,
0: always top five. He
2: share Hughes, (laughs) like Luke Hughes, Both Mm -hmm. the Hughes, sorry. Now the second, who's probably going to be Logan Cooley or a Simon Nemec. But when I say it will be similar to them, I mean, Jack Hughes is phenomenal. An amazing player. A first-line talent, a future superstar in the NHL. Team sucks. They also have guys like... Fuck, who is that other young guy doing... I'm drawing a blank there. Hey, anyway, you guys you get my point. They have some young talent there. Damon Severson on the blue line playing really well. I see Montreal doing that. Nick Suzuki is going to have an even better year than this year. I really mm-hmm. believe that. I think he'll have a better offensive production output with Caulfield playing well. I think they'll both have really dominant breakout seasons. <clears throat> but um I don't think this team is going to perform much better, to be honest with you. I don't think – I think people expect – Do you mean – I'm sorry, Jesper Bratt? Yes, Jesper Bratt, thank had you. Had him in fantasy. I, I had to drop him
0: because he, he got hurt, but uh, <laughs> he was fantastic this year.
2: Oh, just phenomenal. I think he had – like I think he led their team in points, did he not?
0: I wouldn't be surprised if it was points and, and scoring. <clears throat> like he was – there was like a solid – two two and a half months where he was getting a goal a night at least.
2: Well, and other guys too. Like mackenzie mm-hmm. Blackwood was injured for most of the year but played well. Nico Heesher quietly had six, like 60 points in mm-hmm. 70 games. Uh they had that Russian guy Yegor Sharangovich. Yeah, Sharangovich. Dawson Mercer had a phenomenal rookie season. Um, you know, just a bunch of guys who played pretty well. Um that's kind of what I mean. And I think you're going to see, um, this team. <clears throat> I'm just sorry. I still kind of have a cough. Um, you're going to see this Habs team do something similar. You're going to see the young guys perform. You're going to see ice time for even, you know, emerging young stars. I think Jesse alone is going to make this team. I think Joshua wall will have a chance at a training camp. I think Shane Wright is probably going to have a chance at a training camp, although we'll talk about that later. Um, mm-hmm but I don't think that the rollover that a lot of fans expect is going to occur. I don't like people. I think they think Kent Hughes is just going to trade everyone, break it all down. That's not how rebuilds work anymore. And it's not really viable in the Habs situation. Look, do the Haves have a very promising future with a lot of young studs? Yes, they do. But, and I know this is going to pain a lot of you you got to fill positions on the ice. And Yoel Armia has a hard contract to move. He's not that old. He's staying. I hate to say it. He's probably staying. Mike Hoffman, probably going to stay. Paul Byron, probably going to be on the team. Like, I don't think you're going to see that much changeover. You know what I mean?
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I think – Which is,
0: honestly, I don't mean to cut you off. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that bad if we don't well, guess, have like the if if <clears> there's not someone like absolutely fucking killing it in for Laval and it's just like we're just wasting his time down there. The way I see it, yeah, I don't want to see Paul Byron or, or any of, or any of the guys we grew to love go. But next season is is really the year to start, you know, moving them. If anything, it, it, at least in my well, opinion.
2: I just mean to say, though, like Mike Hoffman, for example, is coming off the worst year of his career since he's entered the NHL. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Like, think about that. Mike Hoffman's, all he does, all he does for you is score goals. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And he scored less goals than he ever has in his career this season. He got less points than he ever has in his career this season. And he's on a new contract that has two more years left. Mike Hoffman's value is at his absolute lowest. Right. Joel Armia, who just signed a contract, might I add, also at his lowest, worst season of his career. So, like, to then try and move those guys, I don't know. I just think it that's it's just a bad idea. Like, you're not going to find, like, realistically, We're you're going low to lowball it. You know, you're gonna gonna have to pay to move those contracts. You're gonna have Mm -hmm. to ship off draft picks or prospects to get rid of those guys to then maybe put players who probably aren't ready for the ice time in their position. Like that's not how you rebuild. So I really, and I like really, really believe strongly that it's not going to happen. They're not going to move those guys. And fans are gonna just gonna have to put up with it for another year. The Habs are gonna suck. Like you're gonna see a very similar roster. You're gonna see some young guys get more ice time. But even on defense, like realistically, Corey, David Savard's probably coming back. hmm Jeff Petrie, maybe not, but I think Edmondson will be there. And Romanov will be so now you've got your top three filled. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of room. Jordan Harris is going to be there. You got to have two spots. Do you really want to have move Savard and have four, basically four rookie defensemen playing? Like no, you don't. So, yeah, I guess my point being just that I expect this to be like I'm excited for the future and I I'm really happy with the moves Kent Hughes and Gordon have made. I'm happy we get to select first overall. And I understand why there's a lot of optimism going into next season, but I think we need to be prepared to go through this again. That's fair. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sorry. Sorry to leave you on kind of a a bad, a bad, no, no, no,
0: it's, it's, it's really not bad because it's not, it's not like we're sucking just to suck. It's, Next no, season will like, be it'll a be development growth, season. Right? Yeah, like it'll be a, a, another really good development season. And look, man, at, at this point, it really can't be worse than Dom charm crippling this team with his system. Um, I really, I really can't imagine it getting like that again. To the well, point I... to where it, you took everything from every player. The way they play, and you will like this is the box. You're not allowed to move outside of it.
2: Good luck. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't feel like like when Dom Dusharm. Just to add on to your point, like when Dom Ducharme was with the team for about half the year, like he, Marty St. Louis had about as many games as Dom Dusharm did.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We'd lose, and it felt hopeless. Felt like we bought, like we we're just sinking further and further into a bottomless pit. Mm-hmm. At least with Marty, we've kind of felt like we bottomed out. You know what I mean? Yeah. we kind of started to dig our way out a little bit. We still sucked. Like, we lost almost as many games. But at, at the end of the season, honestly, I kind of forgot that we – like, we lost 60 games this year. <laughs> like, think about that. Like, that's, that's a lot of games. Yeah. And I think, like, next season – We're going to lose 50 games, at least. I I truthfully, like, I think we'll lose 50 games. But I I think we'll lose them, but lose them in a way that, like, there's hope. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be –
2: like, there's going to be blowout games. But I don't think (laughs) – I don't think
0: every fucking game is going to be just a complete shit show where we're just like – I don't even – Why am I even fucking watching this? You know, I think it's there's going to be. I won't see the highest level of compete, you know, because it's not a complete team yet. But I think there's there's going to be more than a handful of nights that you're like, damn, this team is fucking really on like they're really getting it together. They're they're not they're finding ways to execute. They're finding ways to, you know, to like dig past like the score, dig past like a rut. Yeah, they'll still end in fucking losses, but I think it's going to be a lot more enjoyable to watch. Like, I think I think overall, I'm not upset that we're going to have another tough season. I'm excited that in watching next season, it's just going to be a a full season of of a a better attitude, a better attitude team that's just going to be constantly improving. I might just be trying to be too optimistic about it, but yeah, I don't want to watch them lose every night, but I'm still going to try to watch this team, but I I really don't think it's going to be like turnover after fucking turnover after turnover, after shitty fucking power play, after terrible penalty kill. I I think there's going to be a, a
2: bit of fight in this fucking team. There's a light at the end of the tunnel now. Yeah. And and right now that light is Shane Wright and his future and his growth. You know what I mean?
0: No, absolutely. Um, And I, I expect Cole Caulfield to have another fantastic season coming off the high of, of the ass end of this one. Now he didn't make the you know, the three. He wasn't one of the three finalists <clears throat> in the Calder and I'm not going to say that's going to fuel him. But
2: Corey, let's be honest. Like we're bias here in the fact that this is a Habs podcast and we tend you're you know you can try to hide your bias as much as you'd like I don't think we're homers on this podcast I think we try to take a very subject like an objective point mm-hmm. of view but Cole Caulfield could score 40 goals next year
0: no absolutely and, and that's what I was trying to get at like despite if we look at this season, despite how fucking bad we were, Nick Suzuki had a 60-point season. Cole Caulfield fucking scored just about you know what did he end it? 23 yeah, 23 goals. He basically scored at the second half of his season a like a goal in half the games at least. I I don't see him taking the fucking breaks off. It, no. Getting Martin St. Louis, honestly, it has been an absolute fucking godsend. No one was no one was looking for Martin St. Louis. We took a chance on him. <laughs> it's gonna be a great fucking chance. It's gonna, it's gonna lead to one of the best, you know, like out of the out-of-the-box fucking goal uh coach hirings. This you know, in, in the modern NHL. Uh, I don't. I, he, you're going to sign him for fucking good money. It's going to be way underpaid probably because he, you know, you're going to probably bank it off of him just being still young and still learning, but this dude's not far out of the league. He's got one of the greatest fucking stories. I don't think there was a better coach out there. And it's so, I'm so blessed that we we were able to fucking pull Martin St. Louis in because what, what happens if we waited out and had Ducharme, we finished out the season? It looks like the Rangers, who I believe won tonight, but if the Rangers get fucking shut out, I'm sure their coach is gone. Who who would, who, you know, like, there could have been a chance Martin St. Louis gets a shot with the Rangers or something else. Like, I don't think, I think it was an absolute fucking goldmine that we were able to lock in such like a, cause he's, he's going to be like an a mate like a, like a John Cooper esque fucking coach in the future. Like, I don't see him ever being like, ah, he's like fucking, you know, it, it was okay. I think, I don't know. I don't know. He's if I'd say he's a name. John,
2: I don't know if I'd say he's a John Cooper esque dynasty coach. Well, okay. But-
0: I'm, I'm not talking like dynasty factor. I mean, like this dude's a true players coach. He's, he can mold the team. He can get a team rallied. He has an ability to, like, understand the player and the player to understand him because of how he fucking battled through the NHL. Like, how are you not going to run through a fucking wall for this fucking guy? He did it at every fucking level. Every chance was, was he had to earn. I, I don't see anyone really falling off on him.
2: I think that's fair. Definitely. I... I think Marty is pretty much guaranteed uh, a lock to re-sign with the Habs. It seems that way with discussions we've seen from him. Silly not to. Um, I think he's going to be, and we haven't even thought about. I don't think we thought or spoken about possibility of you know him with Shane Wright. And <clears throat> I kind of want to start shift shift the focus back mm-hmm. to right here. Um, there was an interview that got circled circulated right before the um, lottery, the draft lottery of, it was like an interview with him and the work ethic that this kid has. And, you know, he's speaking about, um, they asked him straight up, like, do you think you should be the first overall pick? And his answer, he said, yes, but in the way of like, I've done all like basically in a very humble. I don't know if it, if it makes sense to say, yes, I'm the first overall pick, but in a humble way, but he mm-hmm. did it. And I just think that he, he, he seems so mature beyond his years. He's the youngest captain in CHL history, captain of the King- Kingston Frontenacs. But I want to get onto um, a discussion regarding like, let's, I'm assuming, and I think it's fair to you, that, We are drafting Shane Wright. Um, And I just want to get your take on this. You know, I think a lot of the hype on Shane Wright slowed down because due to no fault of his own, he missed an entire year of hockey. His exceptional player status here's 15-year-old season, he had 39 goals in 58 games as a 15-year-old in the OHL. Like, he went off. He had 66 points in 58 games. And then this year he had a slow start. So, basically, the question I'm getting to is, because we've seen it recently with guys like Owen Power, Montreal drafts, Shane Wright, do they send him down to the OHL for another year? What's your opinion on that?
0: Uh, Now, here's my thing. I don't know if the OHL is where he he should belong, because if you look at his 1920 season, he, he only had five. He only had what set seven more fucking goals than he did this season. It seems like 2022 was like, he just, he just went off. He basically came very close to doubling everything. Um, I think he would be better suited in the AHL.
2: Um, he, uh, he can't play in the AHL.
0: Oh, well then fuck me. Uh,
2: Due to uh, – it's a CHL – Uh so Is it Kate his Gulley, age? It's the collective bargaining agreement. Okay. Players like Justin Barron who played in it when – so that mm-hmm. year Shane Wright missed.
0: He's got to kind of
2: make up. Te- no, teams could sign their players the year they missed. The, okay. The CHL didn't play, but the WHL did. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, but the AHL did. So teams were signing their prospects and letting them play in the AHL to get them time. Okay, so it was like a loophole, but it was only yeah. for guys who played. So Shane Wright would be ineligible for the AHL. Hmm.
0: So his only options is to either play with his team where he's the captain, or come to the NHL. Is what you're saying?
2: Uh, yeah, he could. He I don't even think he could play NCAA because they consider the OHL professional. For some mm-hmm. reason,
0: honestly, I would say bring him up, but my fear is Kotkin and and bringing him in too young, um, uh, around surrounded by, by far. I think this is a better overall team for him to be brought into, uh, especially, especially with the, you know, with, with having someone like um, Martin Saint Louis. And, and everything that's good going on with us right now. I don't I don't know. Uh I'm a bit nervous just because of KK. I don't I don't want to repeat that again. Honestly, I wouldn't see a big fault for him to go to the OHL, but my problem with the OHL is if he's scoring 94 fucking points, you know, where he had a year off. And I mean the way I see it, is if he did 66 points in his 20 campaign, his 2021 campaign probably would have been this 94. And then his 2022 probably would have been like blowing the fucking roof off. Like, you know, like well doubling his,
2: his pre COVID numbers. Um, Well, do you, do you want me to shoot some stats at you? Please do. Yeah. So Shane Wright finished eighth in the OHL in scoring. Okay. Which is pretty fucking good, right? Yeah, especially for someone who had a late start. But just to like the reason the hype has kind of lowered on him. Um Marco Rossi, the year he was drafted.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I I can't I'm trying to remember what year what overall did he get drafted? Was it like 10th? I'll look it up for you right now, but it was uh, two years ago, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to think.
0: Yeah, because anyway, it was it was the year that I was
2: doing stuff with uh, New Jersey. Marco Rossi finished first in the OHL in scoring. Get mm-hmm. 120 points in 56 games played. Cole Perfetti, who I know got got drafted tenth, I think Marco Rossi got drafted ninth, ninth overall, Minnesota, 2020. Yeah. Cole Perfetti got 111 points in 61 games, drafted in second in the OHL. If you go back to even recent, like, Connor McDavid's year, Mm -hmm. Connor McDavid finished third in the OHL in scoring, right? Right. Behind Dylan Strom with 129 points in 68 games played, Mitch Marner in second with 63 games played, 126 points. Yeah, McDavid played 47 games, had 120. So I bring that up because I, you've heard me before say Shane Wright is absolutely number one overall pick. But he did not dominate the way we've seen other players dominate in the OHL, right? Okay. Even guy, a guy like like Jason Robertson, who you fucking love, mm-hmm. his his <laughs> last year. So his he was twenty, his twenty year old season. He mm-hmm. finished first in the OHL in scoring. They left him there. He he was like he was drafted in 2017. He was playing in the OHL in 2018, 2000, or 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. So they marinated him there, and it, and I think what'll really what really kind of drive the nail home is a player who Habs fans should, you know, be pretty aware of. Nick Suzuki went back to junior and absolutely dominated, right? After he was drafted, he was drafted in 2017. He also played 2018, 2019, famously with Guelph and the Owen Sound and have that phenomenal... um, Playoff run where he had 42 points in 24 games. Look how it served him. So, I'll be honest. I think, like without question, unless Shane Wright comes to camp, they should absolutely consider sending him back to the OHL. Yeah, I'm okay.
0: I'm okay with it. Um, like I said, uh, you either you know the team's not going to be amazing this year you give him some reps he gets a chance to to really you know expedite his uh his ceiling you know his his level of play or he goes back to Kingston who's still in the playoffs right now he's got two goals for 12 assists um and he has another dynamite season Look, dude, while you were talking, I looked up Marco Rossi's big year with that one one twenty and I looked up uh, Cole Perfetti's with the with the one eleven. I don't really see a difference. And okay, yeah, there's there's the difference is the math and I understand. I get it. But this was this was two years ago. This was before the world got fucked. I'm looking at a kid who, despite the adversity, losing an entire year of his fucking development, comes in and blows the fucking wheels off. I don't care if it's
2: just 10, 20 points shy. No, and I, what I'm saying is I, I totally – I am not comparing those players. No, no, no. No, I understand. Of, because Shane Wright is a better player than any yeah, – every, every but, He's going to be a go better off, player than I,
0: think, every- I think for someone
2: – who can go off to this caliber
0: after missing a very integral <laughs> year for his development, for his future, and to still perform like this? And he's continuing to do it in the in the postseason. Fuck, <laughs> I think he's the you know he's the real fucking deal.
2: But um, and but my I guess another player I'd bring up to you. I just think there's this expectation in the NHL, right? First overall, passer. first overall yep. place. I'll even look at a guy like Lafreniere, who I don't blame. That's Gerard Gallant, but mm-hmm. right now, with and I, I say that I think Lafreniere would be scoring points if he wasn't playing on the third line and not playing power play. But if you're gonna play him on the fourth third line, better served. I, I truly believe he's better served playing junior. But a guy I'll bring up who is not high-profile, but fans of this podcast should absolutely know, Joshua Waugh. Mm-hmm. Look at, like, <clears throat> drafted fifth overall two thousand just last year, 2021. Obviously a weird season, but, you know, he was a fifth overall pick. We knew of him. We, you know, he played a few games in the queue had some decent had some decent output about a point a game you know nothing special though he slid to the fifth round look what one year has done just for even our like as we're fans of him Mm -hmm. but not only the general community but our own outlook of him he's i think he's one of the best prospects in our system right so I just think a year of marinating in the OHL can really help Shane Wright. I'm not saying it's absolutely what they should do, but I think it is something that we should really consider. And if it happens, I, I know it'll be, oh, my God, he's going to be labeled as a bust by our own fan base and by others. If he doesn't the, play. The Leafs the yeah, absolutely. But look, man, don't
0: float the mainstream. If anything, we need to learn from what we did to KK. If they truly believe that he would be better suited one more year in the OHL instead of coming up and then struggling. And then there's no opportunity for him to do anything else other than to go back to the O, let him develop. I feel like I feel like Joshua Wall, right? Um mm-hmm. now this could be a fucking hot take. This can be 10 fucking hat on my head, you know. Um, but it almost feels like like the relief of getting drafted is gone. And now the worries of, of having to perform just to get drafted is gone. And now all he has to do is worry about the elevation of his game. And when he's ready, they'll notice. And if there's room, he'll come up. He'll make the next big move. I, it almost feels like, like a weight's been lifted off his shoulders, and now he can truly play and become a better player. Now, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if anyone else ever feels that way. Maybe I'm just a fucking idiot, but I I feel like that. You know, like these these are children. These are fucking children. They're they're just years younger than you, Mason. There's a lot being thrown at them. And all they can do is just grit it and keep grinding every fucking day. There has to be a tremendous weight off your shoulders to get picked, to get drafted, to know that if you continue to play your cards right, you did everything that your coaches and your parents and everyone has ever told you, you've done it. You got it. Now all you have to do is just continue to elevate your game and play at that level. But the biggest thing was to get drafted. The biggest thing was to be good enough to get noticed. You've done it. Now you just got to worry about playing the game. And I just feel like his game has just shot up exponentially. Late pick, fantastic pick, it's looking like. Now, you know, we'll have to see how that turns out. But I'm hoping that that makes a little
2: sense. <laughs> no, I think that makes sense. And I um I think it's interesting that you bring up uh, KK uh, because – you know, I think it's actually pretty, I'd, I'd say, popular opinion that the Habs rushed him. But I I will be honest, I don't know if they did. And I say that because I think the KK situation was handled poorly. But I see it as more of a Lafreniere type situation where I, I think KK earned his spot and his rookie season he got 34 points he played i remember he was very sheltered that rookie year mm-hmm. 34 points and basically a full season played well and you know that's like that's a good kk was never gonna be a superstar so it was a good rookie season and then you know he continued to get those shelter minutes and wasn't able to progress and you know we 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 know the fallout of that and i think that's what scares me in this shane Wright situation like i'd much rather look if he makes a team at a training camp great team's got to be willing to give him the reps you know what i mean yeah and i just think his development could possibly be better served in the ohl but you know we've got a lot of time to discuss that and i understand that you are a busy man. So, do you want to start wrapping things up today? Yes, I got one more thing on the KK thing. I think Perfect. KK. I think KK was ready.
0: I think that the scheme that they tried to throw him into, and the situations, and and, and the the the, the shit of of not knowing what fucking you know what position to put him in that still lingered. They did it with him. I think he was definitely ready to play. I think that they poorly brought him in. That's all. The, the level was there. I absolutely. Agree. They didn't, it wasn't him. They didn't execute, you know, bringing him in. Like they didn't give him the tools to fucking get the job done. He basically just fucking, you know, like a veteran just, just kept playing and slowly got it together as the team fumble fucked everything around him. Uh, he's, he's no, by no means a fucking saint, he did make mistakes, but I'm just saying he was definitely ready at 18 to come in.
2: Oh, he's also a traitor. (laughs) (laughs) He was ready to come in. The team didn't handle
0: him coming in the right way. They didn't give him the opportunities he really needed. They didn't have the team around him to, to do what they expected. That's, you can't, I can't fault him for that. I can't fault him fucking for walking, but. Got to taste that shmoney, but yeah, no. Um, we can definitely start wrapping things up. Uh, but before we start exiting, I'm sure we'll, we'll go off the rails of one more time. Yeah, speaking of a little shmoney, uh, we have a ad read by our friends over at DraftKings. Hockey fans, the pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings same-day parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more, it's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age, eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. So, yeah, Mason, uh, wait, wait, where do you want to head to now? I know we'll be closing out soon. Is there any... Any bit of off-the-rail shit we, we want to talk about? Um, oh, here's one. Uh, this is pretty cool. I saw it on Twitter earlier. Um, the last date that the Canadians played in the Stanley Cup Finals last year is actually going to be the anniversary of the date is going to be the day that we draft
2: Shane Wright. That's fucking perfect. Which um, is July 7th thursday well <laughs> even in just speaking to that like i totally and firmly believe that the the ghost of Guy Lefleur got us that pick it was the it was a week after his death on may 10th it was like a, a weird a weird way the last time we draft the draft was held in montreal and we had the first overall pick we drafted Guy Lafleur. too many things lined up people might call me crazy I'm a little superstitious. I think Guillafleur made it happen. I think he gave us one last gift in departure, and that gift is Shane Right.
0: Beautifully said. Um, I, I also <laughs> I also shouted out GuilaFleur on the uh on the live stream yesterday. Live stream was really fun, folks. Um, I know me and Mason have not partaken in any of the live stream this season, um, mainly just due to fucking work and school Uh, but hopefully in the future we can we can jump in on one of them uh, next season Uh, but the live stream are fun folks Uh, it's mainly being done by Neil Villapiana of the New Jersey Devils podcast for THPN but uh, just about every night every night that there's a game THPN is offering one live stream of whatever game the person that wants to do is doing. Um, and they're, they're normally a lot of fun bullshit with said guest or said host. Um, and it's especially when it's Neil. I haven't seen a lot of any. I haven't seen a lot of them. But I know Neil. I've worked with him. I know what a character is. I know how in-depth he gets. Um, and they are a lot of fun. They're very um, interactive,
2: too. Occasionally, I jump in. <laughs> and very even, much so. uh, I did last time, too, when Corey was on with Richie. Just to uh, fire some shots in, calling Corey a traitor because he was uh, (laughs) rooting for the fucking Arizona Coyotes, this madman. I just – I mean, dude,
0: like I really thought it was – like, look, you you say that and then you send me after – you send me that video of Gary Bettman where it's like the office-esque thing. You got this little dude with with He the fucking
2: tried to rig it. I'm convinced.
0: He drops the ball in. He's like, okay, we got 1-3-13. He looks at the guy sitting down. He's like, who is that? And he's like, that's the Montreal Canadiens. And Gary Bettman kind of like, you know, uh, dry mouthed it out. He's like, the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. Okay. He literally
2: said, oh, my, wow. <laughs> oh, Montreal. my, wow. Montreal. <laughs>
0: Um And then at the end, he's like, all right, let's try this again
2: <laughs> or something like that. Like, you know. Like, like, I thought I'll be honest. I thought Corey was wearing a tin hat for a long time, but I'm totally with them now. Gary fucking wanted. Like, he tried to read that <laughs> for Arizona. Gary, Waters, motherfucker.
0: No, I'm telling you. And, and then, you know, just to just to keep the spirits live, you know, because Richie's like, I fucking told you I told you it wasn't going to happen. I said, no, dude. He's keeping the fucking, he's keeping the briefcase, and the briefcase is going to come out next year for Connor Badar. And now I got, I got Richie on board. So the 10 Hat Bandits continue living on. We got a whole nother year to talk about how Arizona is going to fucking re, remold this fucking, uh, this league. And I, I found out that they're going to do three years, if I'm not mistaken, three years at ASU. It's gonna be fantastic. What a fucking joke. I'm excited. I'm so excited, dude. I'm so excited.
2: Absolute joke. I'm so excited. I'm not gonna lie. Joke to you, of dude. a franchise. Let me tell you.
0: Now, now Biz made a good point a while back that if they can't get the inking, can't get it all the ducks in order within a year, like after, after this ASU season, if they, if they can't get things going the right direction with the, the Tempe or temp, whatever the fuck it's called in Arizona, if they can't get it right, then, you know, then the NHL will probably look to relocate the franchise. I but don't know. I,
2: so. I don't think they'll, ever I think it's going to stay. I
0: honestly think it's going to stay. And that's why Gary Bettman is going to make sure Connor Bedard comes out
2: in that ugly motherfucking kachina jersey. If Connor Bedard has to play in the desert, I might quit being a hockey fan. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. No, but because... like Corey, you, I don't think you you fully grasp because you you struggle to watch hockey in general, right? But in Canada, the hockey mecca, let's be honest, it's the truth. All the superstars of this league get shipped to the worst fucking markets, and you never see them. That and that is why we get our fucking throats stuffed with Austin Matthews. One because mm-hmm. he's a leaf, but he's the only fucking guy that plays. Like, I never get I did barely even get to see Connor McDavid because he plays in Edmonton. Like, I like. And Sidney Crosby, I see him because occasionally when he plays in Pittsburgh. But you get guys like <coughs> fucking, even when Rick Nash, I remember when I was a kid, I always wanted to watch Rick Nash. He was in Columbus. Mm-hmm. If Connor Conor Bernard is in Arizona, I will see him play twice a year <laughs> when he plays Montreal. And I cannot stand for that. <laughs> <coughs> oh, oh I cannot stand for all the exciting guys. Trevor Zegers in Anaheim. When, mm-hmm. do you, when do you fucking see Anaheim on TV? Like no, he he I don't care if he's a hab, but he has to be on the fucking east coast. That's all I want. I don't care if he torments me. I just want to watch the guy play hockey. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh oh, but shit. without further ado,
0: I'm yeah, getting let's...
2: sicker and sicker every minute we record yeah, this. Good. And... We got to get you a loss and I forgot what you call him in Canada, but uh a sucrete. If I'm not mistaken a secret oh
0: <laughs> but yeah if you don't have
2: anything else to say I'll, I'll take us out of here. uh absolutely not unless uh, you know secrets wants to sponsor us one day someone from secrets is looking out I will absolutely take the position but it's all yours buddy all right
0: well it definitely won't be uh craft dinners but uh thank you guys so much for listening uh as I expected it would be a 30 minute episode. Uh, But Shane Wright gets everyone talking. So uh, without further ado, thank you guys so much for listening. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys know where to to find us. Follow us on Twitter at Habs Nightly and myself at Bayou Vendors. We hope you guys have a great weekend and are excited to continue watching these playoffs. And we will talk to you guys again on Monday.